Well, welcome to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt, the comeback coach, helping you gain peace, clarity, and understanding in your walk with God as a man, a father, and a spouse. Hey, get involved with the show. Send your email to mike at truemanlifecoaching.com. If you're wondering what's gone adrift in my masculine soul and asking, is there more to life? This is where it begins. This is the True Man Podcast. Well, welcome to the True Man Podcast. Now, this is an invitation to radical reconstruction of a man's masculine heart and soul in a place of safe community where we dare to ask questions deep-seated inside a man and explore ways to help you become a better man, a better son, a better dad, and a better spouse. Well, if you're seeing this on video, you can see I got my Christmas hat on. I got my red on. It's Christmas, and I just want to wish you and your family a very special Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You know, this is such an incredible time of year because of the birth of our Lord and Savior. You know, it really took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do for this podcast at Christmas. Uh, you know, I'm just so grateful for each and every listener, and it's a joy to develop these podcasts every week. Sometimes I, I ask myself, you know, how can I add value to the men I serve? Most of the time, I think I do a pretty decent job. So let's just see how today goes. Now, admittedly, I will tell you, this has uh, never really been my favorite time of year. I've always struggled this time of year to try to be happy and present. I'm not really sure why. My mind has sometimes uh, just uh, gone adrift in other directions. I think I've I've thought that you know there's an over commercialization that goes on this time of year. Uh, it, it's a busyness uh, this time of year. I mean, you know, it feels like we never get enough school plays and parties in before the end of the year. And I've often worried about the results that have you know my performance over the year, and then you know, trying to figure out my goals for the following year have caused some degree of anxiety, I guess. Um, you know, I've never really understood why Christmas Eve service at church ends with Silent Night. Uh, it felt like a depressing song to me. It felt like we should be having a party. Like, shouldn't we be shooting fireworks off? Jesus was born. Uh, you know, but nonetheless, Chris Christmas is often felt a little bit lonely and isolating for me for reasons that, you know, again, I've really never understood. Now, I don't mean to depress anybody, and I know a lot of people suffer from depression this time of year. There are a wide region, number of reasons why that is, and, you know, it's a season for which I can understand why someone would feel depressed. You know, people are accustomed to getting together this time of year. Some people have lost loved ones. And you, they, they're, they're saddened by the fact they can't be with them anymore. You know, in my adult life over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I've really tried desperately hard to work on the feeling of being more happy and present at Christmas. And I can report some success. In fact, on December 23rd, 
2002. That's right. My son will be 21 this year. But on December 23rd, 2002, my son Zachary was born. And yes, we brought him home on Christmas Day. And I will never forget it because I remember Jill and I sitting on a sofa in the living room. And I remember just looking at each other on Christmas Day going, now what do we do? Where's the manual here, right? But we've always felt incredibly blessed uh, by the fact that we brought him home on Christmas Day. Now, it was on that Christmas Eve that I made my way to a Barnes & Noble that was close to the hospital. And I picked up an American classic, The Night Before Christmas, written by Clement Seymour. Now, I didn't really think about it at the time, but essentially, this was Zachary's first Christmas present. And inside that cover, I wrote, to many years of Christmas cheer and tradition in the Van Pelt House, may every holiday be made special with a classic story from Old St. Nicholas. Love, Mike, 12-24-2002. Now, we've done our best over the years to separate a birthday from Christmas. Hasn't always been easy. And depending on if we were traveling or not, the book, well, it didn't always get read but it was always available for Christmas Eve tradition at the Van Pelt House. Now, truthfully, this book was often read with its own Christmas cheer in the form of Jack Daniels, of course, which made it more of a challenge when you had to hit Now Dasher, Now Dancer, Now Prancer and Vixen on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. Many times they were said with whiskey enthusiasm. But before I continue on the book, a quick note on family traditions that I think is so important. I've learned these traditions contribute to the overall significance and the joy of the holiday season. And yes, they can contribute to additional happiness, which is important. They create bonding time. And these traditions provide an opportunity for family members to come together, spend quality time, and strengthen our bonds as families. The shared experience creates long-lasting memories and a sense of unity, and I'm sure, like you, I have tremendous memories with my uh, children over the last 20-some years. The ability of these traditions offers a sense of continuity and stability in the midst of a rapidly changing world. They provide a link to the past, and they create a sense of predictability and comfort, especially for our children. Now, without saying it, Christmas provides, uh, it goes without saying, of course, that Christmas provides a link to Jesus and his birth. You know, many Christmas traditions have cultural or religious roots. They should. Celebrating these traditions helps families connect with their cultural and religious heritage, fostering a sense of identity and belonging. These traditions create special memories and often involve unique activities or rituals that become cherished memories over time. Now, whether it's decorating a Christmas tree, baking special cookies, or singing carols, these activities contribute to the creation of a meaningful and positive family memory. Now, these are opportunities to create and emphasize family values as well. And of course, these traditions often embody important values and beliefs. And by participating in these traditions, parents can pass down their values to the next generation, 
reinforcing the importance of family, generosity, and gratitude. Now, of course, it's these very traditions that build, help build a family identity. And these traditions contribute to the formation of a family identity for sure. They give families a unique character and help define who they are. Now, whether it's a particular way of celebrating Christmas Eve, a special meal, these traditions become part of your family story. And it's in the essence that these Christmas family traditions play a crucial role in fostering a sense of connection, joy, and shared identity within a family. And they contribute to the magic and the warmth of the holiday season, creating a time for reflection, gratitude, and celebration. The point to this is embrace family traditions and start new ones if you don't have them. And I'll tell you, for people that are experiencing some of the things that I've experienced over the years, they will help increase your happiness. Now, let's face it. All this family time can be fraught with some frustration. Yes, at Christmas, people sometimes have a hard time getting along. No, I get it. Even the book, The Night Before Christmas, comes with some controversy. So back to that. Originally, this was a simple poem written by a biblical scholar and a professor, Clement Clark Moore for his children in 1822. This book's this poem has been around for a while. The Night Before Christmas is the most recognized iconic holiday poem in American pop culture. Now, here's a few things that you may not know about it, including a long-standing controversy questioning authorship. See, controversy. After Moore wrote the poem, he named a visit from St. Nicholas. He read it to his children on Christmas Eve, and a friend visiting from the upstate of New York was so impressed, she sent it to the newspaper editor without his permission, who published it the following year. Now, the poem was first, it first appeared uncredited in the Troy Sentinel on December 23rd, 1823. Donner and Blitzen were originally named Dunder and Blixum. Donner was actually Dunder's second name change. He was also called Donder. How about that for a little trivia? And here's some additional trivia. Uh, first attributed to Moore in 1837, he didn't publicly claim authorship of a visit from St. Nicholas until 1844 when he included it in a book of poetry. What was this guy waiting for? Uh, an original copy of the poem wrote and signed for an acquaintance in 1860. In 1860, listen to this number, sold for $280,000 to a Manhattan CEO in 2006 who later read it to guests in a protective plastic sleeve at a holiday party. How awesome is that? Last, the family of a major Henry Livingston Jr., who died in 1828, claimed he was the real author of A Visit from St. Nicholas. Too bad they didn't have Google back then. Uh, though they, may, they had no physical evidence. You know, for decades, the debate has ebbed and flowed, and most scholars believe Moore is the author, but some don't, like uh, Vassar professor Don Foster, who wrote a book in 2000 claiming it was Livingston, after all, who penned 
the Christmas classic. Yeah, you know, Foster probably just wanted to sell books. But listen to this trivia. And no, Rudolph was not one of the original reindeer. Rudolph didn't make his appearance until 1939 by a copywriter for Montgomery Ward named Robert L. May. Anyway, I digress, but I thought you might enjoy a little Christmas trivia tri on that book. But more importantly than the Christmas trivia is why we celebrate this time of year anyway. So almost 2,000 years ago, a young woman from the town of Nazareth named Mary was visited by an angel named Gabriel. And that angel Gabriel told this Jewish woman that she would have a son named Jesus, who would be God's son. And Mary and Joseph, Joseph, her husband, of course, right, had to travel to Bethlehem because of an order from the Roman emperor that a census or a record of all people be taken in their hometown. And after traveling pregnant on a donkey for several days, Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem and were told no place, no, there was no place to stay. The inns were all full. Seeing that Mary was due at any moment, the inn owner told Joseph they could stay in the stable. And Mary and Joseph settled into the hay in the stable with the animals sleeping. Mary went into labor and Jesus was born in the stable. The only place for a sleeping baby to rest was most likely in the animals in the manger. And there it is, the Christmas story. Why we celebrate this time of year. And while the poem of the night before Christmas is a classic, the birth of Jesus is flat out a miracle. And when I feel down and blue this time of year, I try to remember why Jesus was born and what he means to me. It really does take the edge off, yes, even more than Jack Daniels. Now, regardless of how you celebrate Christmas or who you celebrate it with, celebrate because your Lord and Savior was born in a manger. And for you, my friend, listening to this podcast, you have life and freedom and grace, peace, and mercy, and you will live in the house of the Lord forever, thanks to a birth that occurred over 2,000 years ago. Now with that, I wish you the very best, best Christmas ever and a happy and peaceful new year. I can't wait to see you in 2024. Until then, go out and make this your very best day. Improve your life today with Mike Van Pelt and True Man Life Coaching. Let's develop a roadmap of discovery that leads to success and satisfaction in your life. For additional information and details on how to schedule an initial coaching call, go to truemanlifecoaching.com.